This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Amanda Celine Miller, the voice of Boruto and Sailor Jupiter, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime comics, movies and games, come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games, come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games, come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games, come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life and show love to all things that don't matter where y'all from and luckily there's a show called talk time we've been waiting for this for a long time Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news special guests and unbiased reviews suburban kids the hipster street dudes all can learn something new me too i heard words when no faith is empty i stayed the course though my haters tempt me beat the podcast that'll make them envy it ain't too trendy it's acmg anime comics movies and games to come on and let's get it talk time anime comics movies and games to come on and let's get it talk time anime comics movies and games to come on and let's get it talk time anime comics movies and games to come on and let's get it talk time Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Journal of My Life that covers all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the Prime Show. I am your host, Xavier Josiah, and we got a loaded show for you today with our talk topic, reviewing the four-part Marvel Studios documentary series called Empower, which is celebrating the powerful women of the MCU. This is an honor and celebration of Women's History Month. So they decided to do this series. And I'm going to talk about why you need to check this out and why this was like a, another well-produced, beautifully done documentary series covering parts of the MCU and the people involved. And uh, we'll talk about that in our last segment here. So we got a lot of things to talk about. We're going to carry over some video game news too that we didn't talk about on the select star video game podcast because again this show covers everything not just the video game not just the uh anime comics and game uh movies aspect but we also do it all so every once in a while we will talk about video games here but there was so much rolling over from the you know a lot of extra from the extra that we decided that we're going to talk about it here and we have to because uh it, it's some really interesting things that are going on right now in the world of gaming so we got that and some new trailers to talk about so let's not waste any time folks let's find out what's new in the world of acmg and now it's time to find out what's new in the world of acmg so we're going to start off with something that's not even on my notes but i have to mention this because this is really messing up things completely with people who are clamoring and chomping at the bits to play this game that is 
AEW Fight Forever, which is now going under some other obstacles. They've been going through a lot just to get this thing out, to get the rating right uh, because of the nature of the game and its violent nature because it's pro wrestling, but they're going a little bit extra with certain things. Um, so they needed to get the proper rating for this game. So that held it off. This game, from what we know, is, is already done, according to Tony Khan and, you know, others. Uh, that this is done. It's just trying to get this game out with a date and whatever. And now they have to deal with another issue involving trademarking. So they decided to call the game Fight Forever, which is a chant, which is uh, it's it's based on a fan chant that you know fans in every arena always do whenever a match is really really good and this is it's like insanely good, almost game of the year that the chant of fight forever comes up because the, the match is so good that people don't want this match to end. So AEW decides to call it fight forever. Fine. All right. Bet nobody's betting. I had this, this game, as I mentioned on the select star video game podcast is rumored or was rumored to actually possibly come out by the end of this month. Now, Tony Khan at the AEW revolution pay-per-view press conference, never confirmed nor denied this when somebody approached him with the question however it was rumored that it might have been coming out and i think due to the circumstances of this recent uh legal battle it's not going to come out anytime soon um not in, in well not in like the end of the month i will say that um unless they settle things in there's another company another wrestling promotion a very smaller niche wrestling company by the name of GCW, which is Game Changer Wrestling. It's <clears throat> it's a it, basically it's an indie company, but it, they're most famous for what many would consider hardcore matches or garbage matches. I would say going on a matter of calling it garbage because it involves just nonsensical violence. Like just, just, you're, you're having a hardcore match for the sake of a hardcore match. Back when ECW first did this and FMW first did this, you know, they were doing it, but there was always a purpose to why they're doing it. There's always a story behind it. Like this company just has, you know, hardcore matches just for the sake of hardcore matches and it leads to nothing. And, and furthermore, it's so it's beyond dangerous. It is beyond dangerous. The stuff that they do in here now, they still have, you know, some really good wrestling in there as well, but their main seller and their main focus and the and audience that they you know gather which is a kind of a different audience than compared to like the aew audience uh to some extent like there's some gcw fans within aew audience and there's some gcw fans within wwe audiences but it's very small this company is like not really on the radar of anybody and the crazy part is aew has partnered with this company at one point you know, getting some of their talent on AEW's platform. So in a lot of ways, they owe AEW for getting them on a bigger platform and getting them acknowledged on a larger platform. They would never, you would never hear the words GCW on USA Network or, you know, NBC or whatever like that, because WWE won't allow that to happen. They don't even want to give them a company like this small, any type of leisure because they have nothing to provide. Tony Khan actually gave them some, a lot of light, you know, getting, um, you know, 
a lot of their some of their talent from that company in there and mentioning their name. And now this company, because they have a pay-per-view called Fight Forever, they are they are opposing the idea that uh, AEW will have the rights to have the trademarking rights for Fight Forever. Now, even though GCW pay-per-views Fight Forever was years before, the problem is, is that what they didn't do is trademark it. By law, by US law, you can use a name to do anything. But if you don't officially trademark it, it's first come, first serve. So even though GCW has used this before as a part of their branding, as a part of the name to one of their pay-per-views, if they don't trademark it, it means really nothing. Because once they trademark it, you know, that means they're fully protected. Nobody can touch it unless by permission or whatever. It, it just happens that way. This is what happened. AEW Fight Forever came out and Tony wanted to trademark it, rightfully so, as he should, because he has the money and he wants to protect his brand. But when he does that, it's going to hinder GCW from being able to use it. The problem is GCW, even though they used it earlier, they never trademarked it. And whoever trademarks it first actually has the legal rights to use the, the content, the intellectual property or whatever it is that they're, you know, registering for. So the ball is in AEW's court. And what I guess what it sounds like Tony is going to do is try to reason with them or negotiate with them or try to make it so it, everybody's happy in a sense and honestly he does not have to do this but I, I have a hunch that he will because he likes to do he likes to be diplomatic about things and i'm i dig that i you know if he does i won't be surprised if he allows them to use the name as well like it, this is only for the video game and that's for their pay-per-view so i don't see why but the fact that this is gonna hold things up even longer it looks bad on gcw because People have been wanting to play this game. We know about this game. Gamers who played wrestling games for years like myself know the significance of this game and why we want to actually play it. So this is not helping GCW's case at all. People are actually upset online because of this, because they're holding it off. And this means this is going to prolong process of this game coming out. They don't really have a leg to stand on here. Yes, they used it, but they did not register for it and therefore they don't have any legs to stand on. And again, Tony Khan at all best could say, screw you, this is capitalism. This is the rules, this is the way. And it does that. I mean, like put it like this, if this was Vince McMahon, this would not have been a issue because he would not even bat an eye and cared anything about him. And with his lawyers, pff, Jeremy McDivitt, pff, man, this wouldn't have been an issue, okay? Um, so it, it speaks volumes that even that they're even considering humoring this situation, but unfortunately that means we may have to wait longer for this to process and it sucks. It really do. I hope that this gets resolved very quickly because they honestly don't have a fight. They should have trademarked this when they had the chance and probably the reason why they didn't trademark it because trademarking is very expensive. It costs thousands of dollars and 
if they were actually and i'm not saying they're not smart business people because gcw's been around for quite some time but sometimes you just take things for granted sometimes you forget things or sometimes you just can't afford things and i think it's a measure of if this meant anything to them and they knew this was going to be something they should have jumped a gun and trademarked it trademarking costs a few thousand dollars to do um so if they're not garnishing that much money yeah it's going to be a fight I don't know to what end they're going to be able to do this. I really just wish they would just say, screw it, fight forever. The deal, the idea that GCW thinks that they're that big enough to think that that that, that pay-per-view has really gotten on. Like, they, they got a crowd. They have a fan base. But the fan base is nowhere near as big as AEW or WWE. It's, no, it's literally indie level. So they probably get like at least two to 400 people, maybe 500 people in, uh, per show. And it's, it's, uh, it's just, it irks me. It really irks me. I just wish that they didn't have to do this, but this is happening. So we'll keep going and hopefully this will get resolved very soon. But for now, it looks like that game will be prolonged for now. So um, another game that may prolong as well we talked about this before, but Suicide Kill the Justice League. Now it's being rumored to be delayed till 2024. That is the latest rumor with that game. Um, we we were told before that they are delaying this game due to the idea that the fan outrage and the idea that this game was going to be live service and eat that which means even the single player campaign was going to require online connectivity and online reliancy, which is total bs um so now saying that you know this thing is maybe delayed to 2024 honestly if that's the case i i'm all for this because this means that this sounds if it, if it's if that's going to take that long if they're going to extend this for another year that clearly means they're going to make a, a massive overhaul of changes that they're going to pretty much take out the live service part or take out the campaign so it could be played offline as well because it should have been uh all these developers these these major developers out there stop with this live service crap stop it nobody really likes to play this crap like you we will have just as much fun playing online multiplayer or single player like what are we missing from having live service live service is just a means for you guys to profit more and, and to have more control of our gameplay experience i don't like it i don't want it um i i can uh, obviously i'm speaking for a lot of people because those people at least that you know weren't happy about this and it made their voice heard yeah i can yeah i can honestly say that these guys have you know have issue with this so let's just stop this and um if that's the case that is coming out in 2024 then so be it because i love rocksteady everybody loves rocksteady but this right here is ridiculous this whole entire situation let's just come out with this game make it fun to play give it the same experience that we have with the arkham series and that's that enough said so all right um i don't know if people have been following the uh the trans uh the new movie transformers rise of the beast but they are coming out it's coming out june 9th june is going to be such a loaded month with movies and 
video games. But I got to tell you, I have not been this excited about a live action Transformers movie since the very first one that Steven Spielberg was involved in. And uh, this looks awesome. This looks like it's on the right track. And even though I wasn't a Beast Wars fan, I can't deny how awesome Optimus Primal looks in this thing. It looks fantastic. Um, the new posters are out and uh, Optimus Prime is on there. Optimus Prime looks, this is the best looking Optimus Prime live action CGI Optimus Prime ever, bar none. Um, and then on top of that, uh, um, Optimus Primal looks absolutely epic. And my issue with uh, Beast Wars is mostly visual design, but it was at a time when 3D design and CGI was just coming out. It was it was just a new thing. I wasn't particular, you know, excited about what I saw in terms of, you know, character design and, and, and mech design. It just did not look appealing to me at all compared to the original G1 series. But they are finally getting this together. Optimus Prime will actually looks awesome. I, I can root for this one. Optimus Prime looks tremendous and they're they're actually um live i don't want to say live but they're um real like they're like statues i guess at universal studios i believe um that are actual the actual size of what optimus prime and optimus primal is optimus prime's design is so awesome it actually looks it looks like optimus prime the, like the optimus prime that we love but it also looks like a realistic version of them not like the versions that we saw with um with michael bay and how crazy that one looked because it just it just looked too mechanical <laughs> the design the, the mech design was just looked way too mechanical and what we the reason why we love transformers is because the, the design of it because it looked like it, it was a solid form you know the legs look like legs it looked you know, there were some humanistic forms to it and it did just look like total machines. Um, there was a human element to the design and this is the same thing. And they, they really knocked it out the park with this one. So I'm looking forward to this, but the um, poster designs look so great. I can't wait to see this. It's coming out June 9th. I'm ready. This is, I'm, I'm like, I've been a Transformers fan before anything, before Dragon Ball, before um, any anime period. Um, this is the one like in fact i've said it before transformers is kind of the inspiration for me becoming a logo designer and a graphic designer because of the autobot and decepticon symbol so i owe a lot to this series and that and, and sadly i still don't know who the hell is the original designer of the autobot and decepticon symbol that is the biggest mystery in the world <laughs> to this day nobody's able to figure it out who did it and nobody's mentioned who designed those um <laughs> those deals i bet you we could find out who designed the um the the maximal uh you know symbols before we find out the autobot and decepticon symbol for god's sake but just absolutely fantastic art um just you know the, the cgi style and you know we finally got people in studio who are actual fans of transformers and we have a director who may be a fan of transformers and not it doesn't have the ego that michael bay had because he started after a while, he just started making these films and he didn't give a rat's ass about the fans. He only cared about himself. He was he became such a prick by the third or fourth or fifth film that he did. And it's just like and, and then some of the characters that he had in there were so racistly questionable. 
let's erase that let's start this over and they have with bumblebee and bumblebee was so great and uh i'm looking forward to seeing this one as well so get ready it's coming uh what else do we have to talk about but of course the final the final super mario brothers uh movie trailer mario day just uh, came by on march 10th and uh we got to see a whole bunch of things but we got to check out the final mario brothers trailer that was uh shown in a nintendo direct episode and this this is only making things much better um we see luigi trapped in a cage and all these different char familiar characters from the game come in uh koopa is basically you know conjuring up the troops the koopas the goombas everybody and they're about to go wreck havoc and we do see princess uh, i guess it's peach in here and mario and they're just showing all the different worlds that we're going to explore which is worlds very familiar worlds that we see in the uh in the game we also see donkey kong teaming up with mario he actually uses one of the fire uh flowers and gets flyer ability we also see a scene where they're just going through the stages so i love this i love this part because when we see them you know running through the what we know is these the side scrolling stages we now see them doing it but we see them doing it three-dimensionally we see them like a whole scope of parts of that we never get to see before so i love what they did with this it's pretty awesome and it brings so much dimension to the gameplay that we've been playing for years so now we get a more broader elaborate look at the world that we've been doing for the longest time the fanfare is off the scales with this thing and of course they show mario running in mario kart and making sense out of that game as well so it's pretty this is this is going to give us i think this may be the greatest fanfare you know collaboration ever <laughs> i cannot wait this 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 movie is going to make so much cash this year like this is the first i think this is going to be like one of the first movies to i mean well i can't say that because avatar made up really a lot of money last year too i believe but i expect astronomical numbers for this game because this is i mean for this movie i should say this is a movie we've been waiting for forever like even like this is the movie i've dreamed of this is the mario movie i dreamed of not that john like rosano one in um i forgot his uh the, the original name of the gentleman super mario let me go back to that mario brothers movie uh no the original yeah 1983 one here yes with bob hopkins uh yeah and this was one of those this was one of those um movies where like it, it, it's not the fault of the actors the actor bob hopkins house uh was is, is a fantastic actor you know rest in peace to him you know we know him from roger rabbit john lake rosano is just legend at this point but it was it was just so horrible it was such a horrible thing and this was in the 90s when they made movies based on video games and anime they had no knowledge of its culture they didn't care they just wanted to you know it was they were cash grab movies they were movies that were just solely depending on the idea that people will come because it's 
it says Super Mario Brothers, or it says um, The Punisher, or it says, you know, whatever. They would make these movies, but then you watch these movies and it's nothing like you would rec you can you can't relate or recognize anything from the actual content that they were based on. And thank God again, thank you to Wesley Snipes when he did Blade. He changed the game because now everybody started taking them seriously. When Blade came out, everybody started taking these type of movies seriously. So now we're getting, you know, close to accurate or, you know, close to uh, fanfare movies from Marvel and DC to, uh, to that extent. Um, and then video games now. I mean, look what they're doing with The Last of Us. The Last of Us is probably one of the, it's tonight, by which by the way, tonight is the season finale. This may go down. I'm gonna say this break, you know, The Last of Us is probably gonna be the breaking bad of video live action video game uh, adaptations. It is that damn good. And it's one of the most accurately told um, you know shows based on a video game ever like there, there's just no question for that um but you know just to see i i it would all those years at least after 1993 i knew when the cgi era came i'm like there's gotta be a time where we're gonna see an animated version of super mario brothers and it has to be done right there's no way it can be done right we finally got it this thing looks like it's gonna you know supersede expectations and i am all for it i just cannot wait it just looks every poster that they showed every trailer that they showed it's just always it's just something there just it you, it feels like mario it, it is mario and we're gonna see it like in a way that we've never we've always wanted to see it in like we never see it, saw it before so i am looking forward to it. april is just oh just a, a little bit of a a couple weeks a few weeks away so i am ready for it so what else do we have to talk about here oh yeah let's go back to one of the video game news that i have we're going to talk about the um capcom spotlight i never mentioned this in the other episode because there was so much going on there and i was going i had a lot going on during the time gobbles didn't do that podcast by the way because it was just so much going on client work and all this stuff behind you know you know, gotta remember, I'm also a uh, freelancer as well. So I managed to get it in, but I forgot to mention the Capcom Spotlight results that they premiered. Um, you know, everybody, like I said, everybody's doing their Nintendo Direct type of thing. And, you know, nobody's done it as good as Nintendo Direct, but everybody's trying their best. But they see the success that Nintendo Direct is having uh, with people, and they're gonna try to do it themselves. You know, again, Nintendo is the trendsetter here. So we got Capcom Spotlight, which came out and a lot was revealed, including Resident Evil 4, which has a demo called the Chainsaw Demo. I actually played it and I immediately deleted it. Like it, that's not because it was bad. No, actually the game looks visually stunning on a PlayStation 5. It looks fantastic. Leon looks awesome. I'm just not a Resident Evil fan like that. And it just reminded me why I wasn't a Resident Evil fan. Like I hate survival horrors where you're just, you're fighting these hordes of diseased like zombies and all you got is a knife and a gun and hopefully a roundhouse kick. Like I, I need more options. I want more options from this. So it, I'm sure people who are into uh, Resident Evil 4 is gonna like it. I just, I, I, I said I was gonna 
play one resident evil game just to get it out of my system and i did and i beat resident evil 6 and um i'm i'm good i don't need to play another resident evil game anymore so i thought that they were going to change the gameplay aspect and they kind of did from what i understand but it's still like you gotta survive this thing and from hordes of enemies and when i started getting eaten up i was like oh, i'm done i'm not i'm not having fun with this so it's out you can check it out i thought the demo was actually pretty damn good all things considered um but yeah it's uh, available you can download it now playstation 5 playstation 4 xbox series x and s and steam all the, the demos are all there for everybody to check out uh they also talked about uh exo primal which had a which now has a release date it will be coming june 14th this is a game with a very weird premise and it looks like it's going to be so sort of a multi-dimensional try time traveling premise as well um i guess what how do i can pretty much say this but it's, it's a team of it's a it's a squad that is looking to take out dinosaurs at a particular time i don't i can't talk about the real premise of it at this moment but it is what it is it's a um it's always online it is a game this is like another live service type of game like what suicide squad was going to do but you know this game is not highly anticipated like the suicide squad game so i don't think people are going to care because this is a brand new ip as opposed to suicide squad being what it is um i don't think people care about x uh exo primal enough to really make a big you know stiff about the fact that it is going to be a live service always online game with continuous internet uh connection required type of situation people care about with the suicide squad because not everybody wants to deal with that you know nobody not and I, i'm sorry i'm just i'm just not a fan of paying like a, a the amount of money that they're charging for this to only for it to be played online that to me is ridiculous I, again these companies pride on the the naivete of the fans they hope that fans are not are naive they are looking for fans to be stupid enough to think like they're not going to care they're just going to see what we put out there they're not going to argue about it they're not going to make a big deal about it yes we will <laughs> and suicide squad is just one of the um, main proofs of that i i these tactics live live service die <laughs> okay just just let's get rid of that go back to the basics make your money the normal way don't be greedy just chill nobody asked for this nobody wants this all right i don't want to say nobody but there's always going to be a, a minority group of people who, who don't think or do math to the point that they're gonna just go along with this and then at the end of the year they if they actually do the math they're gonna tally up like really i paid this much for this game <laughs> you know and then on top of that if they go and do maintenance you can't play the game if they do a maintenance like a like a 24-hour maintenance or a 12-hour maintenance you cannot play that game so you're gonna have to play an offline game to you know fulfill that time if you if that's what you're gonna do i need my games to be offline you know i need online capability to be optional that's it so monster hunter rise sunbreak is coming to playstation and xbox this april this is a game that um I believe was only on Nintendo for a short stint. And now it's going to be, um, I know it actually came earlier this year. Um, but it was originally first arrived on a uh, Nintendo switch. And now it actually is on Xbox and PlayStation platforms. 
and now the expansion to that is coming on april 28th so um fans will be able to look out for that as well ghost trick which is a classic uh game on the ds that i once enjoyed is launching on june 30th and it's going to be a few new bells and whistles in there but basically the game it's pretty much a point and click game um it is involved it's from the it's from the people behind ace uh you know ace attorney that series but it's a detective who died and he's you know now ghost and he's possessing this girl and trying to find why he how he died so he's getting the help from this girl and then he's also using his ghost abilities to try to unlock clues and you know uns uh, you know solve the mystery of his death so it's, it's actually pretty cool it's pretty uh innovative and uh i actually i liked it for a bit there's also all 37 songs from the soundtrack um will be redone with uh, a newly arranged version but also the original will be there as well so you'll have that to uh work with as well they also were keeping up with the resident evil news they also announced that a new movie is coming out a new cgi animated movie is coming out called death island um which will include jill valentine in this movie as well so leon will be the main star chris redfield will also be involved in this but uh jill valentine will also be in a movie and it's set to release sometime in the summer they didn't say where whether it was going to be a film last time they had a movie it was on netflix so it could be a netflix release for this too but um we'll see for that they then do my favorite uh scene and that's street fighter 6 they talk about that they introduce the final commentator for this and it is actor he uh hikaru takahashi um she's played on a lot of the super sentai movies uh or, or series in uh japan and which by the way i gotta i gotta say something real quick i love when articles when you read articles they say japanese actor like you could tell by the name that this person's from japan you don't have to say japanese actor just say actor <laughs> i don't mean to be like pc or woke or whatever like that but like it's just like pointless it's like you know i'm a black i'm a black podcaster no i'm just a podcaster that's just it. you just like if you can't say if you can't figure out that at the name hikaru takahashi isn't you know from japan or japanese then you got a problem <laughs> or you just need to educate yourself a little bit more you know it, even if you don't know which you know asian descent that person is from just you know it's actor doesn't matter it really doesn't matter but nonetheless they are adding her to this to the commentary for this so um this is i believe eight commentators including um selena vega from wwe who's going by her actual name in there which i forgot but she's going to be in there as well and a lot of uh pro commentators from esports uh from evo and esports are going to be involved in there tasty steve i believe is one of the most no well-known ones I, again i still wish that i still really wish that um golden boy was on there because golden boy his voice is awesome i love his voice in the game uh and when he does commentary for esport uh competitions and whatnot so plus that dude needs a break since he since the g4 situation i would have loved for them to have him on but i think they were doing this at the time when you know g4 was doing their thing 
and he probably didn't get a chance wasn't going to be able to do it anyway who knows i can't don't go by me i'm just speculating at best um here's something that i may actually i, I wasn't planning on getting at first but after seeing what they were providing for this game i may jump on this mega man battle network legacy collection which is the a, literally a collection of every single um, mega man battle network game that has ever come out um and i used to play these games back in the day i believe this was on the ds2 or no the game boy advance uh it started coming out and then it just kept coming out and it was very popular it actually um spawned a animated series as well which by the way they did announce that an animate the the entire animated series will be out on youtube uh i think in a few months down the line when this comes out so and you can watch it all on youtube and I, I, I did enjoy that show too. It was really cool, but you are getting a lot with this game and you're getting off, you know, 499 patch cards. Uh, it's been a long time. So I don't exactly know what the patch cards do because I haven't played this game in forever. Um, but the, the thing that really got me, and this is in reference to my game experience with Wolong, long, you know, fallen dynasty recently is that they're giving you the opportunity to play the game your way. There is a feature, an option in here that's going to allow you to just plow through this game so easily just so you can enjoy the story. This is what I was just talking about on my on the, uh, this week's Select Start podcast where we were talking about how games need to allow you to choose to give you the power of choice of how you want to play the game, how you want to experience the game. I get that there's some there's a series of Dark Souls games out there that a niche a very niche amount of people and i don't believe that there's a whole horde of people that is into this type of way uh gameplay especially considering the fragile nature of our society today i doubt there's people who play these games to be challenged M most people today play games for leisure time to relax to unwind to, you know once they get through their nine to five job or whatever stress that they go through that they go put on a game and enjoy it and just get you know it, it's, it's about escapism so part of escapism is to find peace you can't find peace in a game like whoa long it's not for people with peace it's a game that's gonna guarantee probably make you throw a damn controller uh, and break a controller those dark soul games and all those other games neo games and all this stuff you know i don't understand i think i cannot believe that those games make that much money for them to keep doing it and i guess because elden ring got you know a lot of award and praise from a particular from the media not the not, not just i mean there there were people who liked the game but compared to god of war i think most fans like god of war more because it, the story was stronger the gameplay was a lot more fun and you played it you, you know you could play at any difficulty level that you choose Elden Rings is good, but it didn't do that. My issue with Elden Rings was that one is probably too difficult to begin with. And then two, their creative suite wasn't complete. Wo Long gets way more praise for their creative suite because it allowed you to actually create a convincing looking black character. So, you know, to that measure, you know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't a big fan of, you know, giving Elden Ring the praise that they got because they, I felt like they failed in a few places and depending on who you are 
you can give that game a praise because it gives you everything you want. But if you are a person like me who, and they have a creative suite and all, the creative suite does not allow you to create you or something, somebody that looks like you on air, I'm sorry. You can't give that a high grade. You, you have to grade a game based on all aspects. And if you have a creative suite, you should be happy with how you do it. Like WWE, the reason why I love the WWE 2K games so much strongly, overall anything strongly because of the creative suite, because I could create virtually almost anything that I that I can even imagine. And even if it's a person of color or black, you can make it. They got the hairstyles, they got the look, the features, everything. Elden Ring didn't have that. So why is it getting the score that it, it should have got at least a, it should have been docked a point for that. Like creative suites should be taken more seriously than that. Wo Long did, but what, what Wo Long didn't do is allow you to enjoy the game. You had to grind your ass off in the game. And I'm like, that's good for a certain amount of people, but not everybody wants to play that way. When I saw Mega Man and, and the fact that they're going to allow you to amplify what is called the, um it's called mega buster mode and is it going to allow you to amplify your attack power to 100 to let you just get through because the, there are 10 mega man battle network games on here so you're going to want to play all of them and this is the way to do it by just plowing through everybody easily i was like you know for that i want to support this game i want to support this game because of that um i thought that was awesome and it's just more or less the celebration of a game series and the legacy that has had for a long time. Hence the legacy collection is a celebration of it. It wants you to enjoy what was for the longest time. And I, I, I appreciate it. This is what I love Capcom for. So that was pretty much all of the announcements that they did. I thought it was pretty good. It was more like a B minus solid B type of presentation. Nothing really big, you know, announced or whatever like that. So. I thought they did pretty well with it nonetheless, but um, I thought that was the most interesting news of it all. And it's coming out very soon. It's coming out in like in another week or so, I believe. And let me see if I actually do they have to see a date somewhere. Yeah, it's coming out um, next month, actually, April 14th. Uh, and uh, I may actually pick that up. I may actually pick that up. So if you haven't watched, played Mega Man Battle Network, it's a really fun game. It's a another take on the Mega Man series, not actually based on the prime Mega Man series. It's like a whole nother universe and everything's done online and whatnot. So it's worth definitely worth checking out. And, uh, it's pretty cool. I think last news I had, well, actually, no, two more things I wanted to talk about is basically one Marvel studios. What if they already, uh, some news coming out of that for the second season, one of which is a brand new character that we will be introduced to. Kohari will debut in season two with an intriguing story, which is an episode that asks, what if the Tesseract fell on Earth and landed in a sovereign Hadun Nasi? I'm going to butcher this. <laughs> Hadun No Sunny Confederacy before the colonization of America. So, this character, I believe, is Native American, and this character, particularly, she's going to have the power of the Tesseract, and we're going to see how things happen with this. I find this episode very intriguing, and I'm looking forward to this. I love this character's look. Um, 
it's very indigenous style but warrior strong warrior style and uh it's gonna be interesting to see where she goes with this tesseract and how it handles and who's gonna be involved in this as well according to marvel's website kahari is a young mohawk woman on a quest to discover her power uh the character was created with close collaboration with the members of the mohawk nation so the mohawk tribe is a legit tribe an actual tribe that is that exists in here and um you know to bring representation and tell a different story they added this on i don't know who's in, whose uh idea this was but i think this is awesome because this is why representation is so great because you tell so many great different stories about people and their backgrounds and their cultures and we get to learn a little bit more and then we can tell exciting stories based upon it which is why everything should not be whitewashed because you're just going to tell the same story and we're just going to have to deal with it and and we don't we shouldn't have to settle for this there should be different stories about different cultures upbringings and everything because that's what makes stories more exciting that also makes these characters more exciting so i'm looking forward to this and um i uh can't wait what if is one of my favorite marvel series that they come out with i can't even imagine what they're going to do for the second one this is going to be great so last bit of news i want to talk about because i think we talked about this um last week and that is the teenage mutant ninja turtles um that was the teenage mutant ninja turtles trailer for uh, mute mayhem actually we didn't talk about the, um we talked about the guests or the the cast that was going to be on there jackie chan as splinter seth rogan uh who's also the producer of this movie he's playing bebop who once again he's playing a warthog john cena as rocksteady paul rudd as mondo gecko Giancarlo Esposito as Baxter Stockman, probably one of the best castings of the whole bunch. Post Malone as Ray Follette, Hannibal Barris as Genghis Frog, Ice Cube as Superfly, Maya Rudolph as Cynthia Ultram. But we didn't have the names of the actual turtles until now. Playing the role of Donatello is Mikai Abbey, playing the role of Raphael is Brady, uh, Brady Noon, Michelangelo will be Sharon Brown. Uh, junior leonardo will be nicholas contu so these are all teenage kids these are young teenage kids that are playing this role and this is the first time ever that this role that those roles will be performed by actual kids because the premise of the movie is said to be based around the it, it's part of it is based around the um they're taking elements from the image comic series but also the original 1987 series as well so they're mashing those two together to create this new universe with a visual style that matches that of spider-man into the spider-verse and i think it's the same studio that makes them so i think that is also good enough and the trailer just arrived just uh recently and if you weren't convinced before man you better be convinced now because it looks absolutely fantastic um man it's there it's online right now there's a two like almost two minute trailer but we see this beautiful beautiful style uh it's from a permanent teenager of seth rogan and this is if you're a fan of seth rogan then you know this is gonna be dope like seth rogan is always making some really cool stuff and now he's a part of the turtle deal you know so we get to see these guys and kid you know actual kids it's kind of like the origin story it looks like for the turtles and their design is really cool they're actually they actually look like kid versions of the of the turtles as well and um 
they're getting they're just learning how to you know become ninjas at this point and i love everything about this they uh they're throwing stars at everybody you know ninja stars trying to practice or whatever like that just trying to find their way so this is basically the origin story and they're gonna no we haven't heard from shredder yet and by the way splinter is not really this is uh splinter in this series is going to be called hamata yoshi like he's going by his original name so we're going to be uh working with that too but there's a lot of funny moments in this uh trailer like donatello gets stabbed with a side by mistake in his leg <laughs> like these guys are going to be going through it but is it the um the voice acting from the from the team cast sounds fantastic um we get to see april o'neill too again who is black in here this is this universe people got to remember there's a there's a turtles movie called turtles forever and it explains the turtles in the multiverse so for those who are going to complain about this series being um this series actually being um you know being woke or whatever like that no this is just another telling of a turtles universe they can do that because there's a multiverse this is our people with your short attention spans you gotta remember that first of all turtles forever if you haven't watched it go watch it it's awesome because they absolutely bring every single version of every turtle series together in one whole entire movie including the 1987 one um and it's awesome like i need to go watch that again but it really solidifies that and it and recognizes that they're always going to be a different version of the turtles because it's a multiverse like everything else is so there's no need to complain about this version because it's not connected to any of your favorite ones this is a brand new one this is a brand new telling and get over yourself so folks that will do it for what's new in the world of acmg we're going to take a break come back and when we do we're going to talk about the four part disney plus marvel Studios series called empower and why you need to check this out and we'll do that right after this ladies and gentlemen this is dax xavier josiah the host of acmg presents talk time live the podcast you want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime comics movies and games such as this is miley Flanagan, the voice of naruto this is stephanie shea the voice of sailor moon this is ruben langdon voice of ken masters and dante from devil may cry hey there this is kyle abear the voice of ryu from street fighter 5 this is chris battle character designer of teen titans go here's your chance to check out all of that and more on talk time live.com talktomlive.com provides all of our acmg content with new and previous episodes exclusive interviews articles and much more visit talktomlive.com and let us help you learn to let go live life and love all things acmg talk time live hey there this is kyle abear the voice of gohan from dragon ball super and you are listening to acmg presents talk time live excuse me gohan this is more of a narrator type thing uh, okay. Just do it more like a next time on Talk Time Live. Uh, next time on Talk Time Live. Don't quit your day job, Gohan. Do it. And now it's time for our talk topic of the week. Ready? Wait! We're back with our talk topic of the week, and it is my review of the four-part documentary series called Empower, which is on Disney Plus right now, and it is based on the powerful women 
of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They're celebrating it in honor of uh, Women's History Month. And I highly recommend people to check this series out, not only because they're covering some of your favorite characters of the MCU, but it was just well produced. I like the way that they went, uh, how they put everything together and it not only just talks about the characters of the universe but also the people behind it the actors that are involved with it and the production of it because we're talking about evolution here we're talking about progress and change well it definitely shows the progress of what has happened in the years in terms of you know who's behind the camera who's working what and they're showing that women have become a prominent force in the production of Marvel Studios in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, which is compared to like how it was back, you know, decades ago, like in the 70s, 80s, like, all right, 90s, 80s, 70s, 60s, 50s, you, you move it. Women have not been involved in that aspect of it. We haven't had, you know, women as stunt performers, women as producers, directors, um, writers, you know, there hasn't been a lot of that, but over the years, we're seeing seeing more of it we're also seeing more representation now so there is i mean it seems like that it hasn't gotten there yet but we are seeing progress uh maybe not as fast as we want to but we're seeing it but it's pretty obvious we would not see a wakanda forever years ago that's first that's for damn sure where we're seeing black and brown people being celebrated in the highest form we would not have seen that um you know women as leads in, in a in a superhero movie or any type of movie like this we would never see it but we're seeing it now and this is kind of celebrating it i think the one this is a four-part series it should have been five because there's one character i think they should have focused on and that is agent peggy carter they did not do an episode on her and i think Haley atwell deserves flowers for her character and her performance and her contributions to this as well like when they when Peggy Carter first came out on uh, Captain America, people loved that character and they loved that character so much. They ended up doing a one shot for her and then followed by an actual TV series that uh, went for 18 episodes. It got canceled way too early in my opinion, but it, it got canceled with a cliffhanger at that too. But what, uh, actually it got canceled with a cliffhanger, but they did close it out in the right way with Endgame. So we did see closure with the series and all that, but we also got to see Peggy, uh, more of Peggy, like later on, like in the, in the multiverse. So we got to see her as Captain, you know, Captain Carter in live action in an animated form. So I don't understand why they didn't focus. Haley Atwell deserved to be talked about. And let me tell you, when they first canceled the series before we knew that Endgame was coming or whatever, and they canceled the series. She came to Philadelphia here with Wizard World, which is now Fan Expo. And it was one like one of the last good fan expos, I mean, good Wizard World conventions that they had. She was there. Uh, also, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier um, was in there too. Um, Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Shaw was also there too. But there were so many female cosplayers dressing up as uh, agent Carter. It was awesome. It was fantastic. I don't know where they found that many red hats and <laughs> blue suits, but they did. And it was so awesome. I'm pretty sure she was heartwarmed by it. Um, but she definitely deserved to be on this platform. I just, if they do this again, 
they need to add her on. I don't understand why she wasn't. She was she was really awesome doing it. But nonetheless, the characters that they did focus on and the movies that they did focus on was really well done. And I liked what they did here in the sense of how they presented the documentary. So what they did was they introduced particular characters but then once they talk about the characters they talk about the actors behind the characters and their upbringing and how what led them to becoming the actors that they were now so i really loved it each episode was really well done um the first one was the women of wakanda episode that they did which i thought was well done so we got to hear from um lapita nguyen we got to hear from denai guerrera we got to hear from Florence uh, Kasumbi, uh, Kasumba, actually, who I was really interested in because we're starting to see more and more of uh, Aoi, Ao character now. And we've been seeing her since Civil War. So but we didn't get really get a chance to see the actor behind it as much. But now we get a we get to um, hear from her and talk about her upbringing and, and whatnot. And, you know, it was really cool because now we get, we're getting to see more of her and i believe there is a series coming out based around all of these characters uh of wakanda all the female characters of wakanda and denai guerrera is going to be you know returning as one of the midnight angels and continuing off with that storyline from wakanda forever so we're going to see a lot of this and uh florence uh kasumba is going to be on there we also saw her falcon and winter soldier as well so she's been very prominent in this series um, we've gotten to see a lot of her in there, but now they're starting to flesh her out more and she's going to play a more important role in here. So getting to see her and hear her talk about what led to her and seeing all of the, you know, her career rise up to this point and all of the plays that she, uh, has participated in and been involved in it's just been really cool. So I it really enjoyed that. Um, just so well done. Now, Peter Nguyen's hair in this episode was just awesome just beautiful crown uh of hair that she was wearing uh and, and had on and she just does no wrong in the show and also i will say the set design was spectacular um they had this really beautiful white set design that they were all sitting in but then it allowed the it allowed the effects team to do some really cool effects behind around it and give it this you know outer world multiversal type of you know look intergalactic type of you know feel in here like they were not in whatever studio in the earth they were they were in somewhere else but we also got to see Letitia Wright as well talk about her taking over the role of uh Black Panther and honestly the thing I love about this too is that this episode was we've seen what two different documentaries technically three based around the Black Panther genre we saw I guess technically four because we had the um we had the the tribute to Chadwick Boseman. We had the first documentary on uh, Black Panther. We had the second one for Wakanda Forever, uh, two of them for Wakanda Forever, and now we have this one. But what I love about it is each one of them told different aspects of the stories of the people involved or whatnot in that tier two. And they also talked about how, you know, different women in the production and how Ryan Coogler wanted to make sure that, you know, women were represented very well in here and, and the people of Africa and South Africa were very well represented as well. And they talked about the people, they, you know, talk with the people behind the scenes that were helping to make sure that everything's appropriately done and, you know, well-respected too. They wanted to make sure that um, 
women were represented in the first movie and especially the second movie and it it, it really did show there was a scene where one of the uh i wanted to cast one of the staff and um in the uh episode where she was talking about because she was from south africa and there was the scene where the uh at the end uh, near the end of black panther where the dore milaje was being you know surrounded and mbaku's you know tribe pretty much were out to save her but they didn't want men to be the one to save her because it would just defeat the purpose of the strength of the dore milaje so they added female warriors of that tribe in there as the ones to lead the charge in there so i thought that was pretty cool and i didn't so those little bits of detail that you don't know uh really good episode i love that one they also the next episode talked about captain marvel so you got brie larson in here talking about her um you had uh you know lashana lynch uh they were talking about here too um and all the women behind it and everything that went on from this movie we also i didn't realize this but the young monica rambeau was played by akira akira akbar i did not realize this but that's akira akbar is is the new ashley on bel-air i didn't i just it just dawned on me that i forgot like she played young monica rambeau in this too so they talked about you know the strength of captain um marvel and you know the influence that she did and the inspiration that she did she and they explained that since captain marvel came out there have been more women to join the air force than it ever was before in history because of the influence of this movie and her performance in this as well they also talked about miss marvel so we got a chance to uh not only talk about marvel but um you know captain marvel but transition over there so in other words iman Villani was also seen in this too so they got to talk about uh the character's influence and we also got to hear from iman talk about how she loved captain marvel and how she loved the miss marvel character and how she was able to do that and it's still i still am blown away by the fact that this actor this young very talented actor got her first acting role in a marvel film and she knocked it out the park i i cannot be more inspired by somebody like her just amazing that she was able to do this like she has that much charisma this is kind of like the will smith charisma where because will was it cool will was a will was a rapper will was a hip-hop artist he was a rapper he had no acting abilities whatsoever so the fact that he was so charismatic enough that he could just go on to film and be able to speak these lines with the charisma that he had and be able to pull it off that's a special type of talent iman villani has that type of talent and you could see it just oozing off the screen so i cannot wait till the marvels come out which i believe especially is uh coming out this year if i'm correct right this is uh let me see the marvel yep it's coming out this year so we're gonna see it and uh, i am so ready for it to see miss marvel and captain marvel together because you know if you've read and, and follow uh miss marvel and um kamala khan she is a fangirl she is such a big fangirl so i want to see the, the the first connection of those two again another really great episode where 
they just not only cover Miss Marvel, but they transitioned over to, I mean, uh, Captain Marvel, but they transitioned over to Miss Marvel and her importance and her character and, and the, and representing their culture as well. And what they had to do from there. I thought that was really well done. I enjoyed that episode. Not as much as the woman of Wakanda, but just as good. Um, my favorite episode of the four part series comes in the form of the Scarlet Witch, which they talk about, um, with Elizabeth Olsen's character, Wanda Maximoff has been going through and the type of character. And I, I was very interested. This makes me want to watch WandaVision again after seeing this, because they talked about her mental health and I didn't dawn on me. I mean, like, obviously she was going through a lot of traumatic situations. She lost her brother in uh age of ultron she fell in love with with um paul bettany's vision and she then you know lost him she also went through that situation with civil war and then on top of that she was you know her traumatic situation got so much now what i love about this is just like she went through the same stages that somebody would go through and you know to under you know when they're depressed and whatnot and they're suffering through depression but imagine somebody like that with powers like um you know wanda maximoff that's somebody that you want to make sure that they're in good mental health all the time and this wasn't the case and this is what happens when she go through it what i didn't realize here is that the writers producers of the series were talking about how they um they were basically talking about how they wrote her off going through the stages of depression and i didn't dawn on me about this and how they implemented that and assimilated that into what she was doing so which really kind of humanizes her again and this is something that is a very common with marvel period not whether it be marvel comics or marvel studios they tend to always find a way to humanize these characters so they're not totally good or not totally bad but now we know that you know now knowing this and you're looking at what happened with um dr strange in the multiverse of madness you now kind of understand what she was going through and why she was going through so she's not completely a villain at this point she's hurt she is you know she's she's mentally hurt from all of the loss that she's had and she's trying to gain some form of comfort and that was her kids and that was the, or the kids that she you know imagined having and knowing that there were kids and you know she wanted to find some comfort zone you know because she has none and she created a whole world around her where she made everybody feel her pain it all makes so much sense now and they talked about the stages that she went through with this and i was very intrigued in this and it almost made me think about my mental health <laughs> to some extent and some of the stages that they did go through because it's like oh did i ever do that did I ever go through that? It was the one stage about her, you know, her when she just went in full depression mode, where she just walked around the house. It was the, the version, I think the episode where she started, where they kind of mimicked uh, Modern Family. And she was talking, you know, the documentary type of, you know, docu-series type of, you know, uh, format. And she was talking about how she was fine. She was fine. She was fine. And Agatha is right behind her and filming all this. Um, so I thought that was very interesting. I was very intrigued by that. And of course, Catherine Hahn as uh, Agatha, you know, uh, was on here as well and how awesome she is as a character and um, was on here too. They also had um, Tiana Paris uh, on here as the, the older version of Monica Rambeau 
uh, who will be a part of the Marvels as well. Just awesome. Kat Dennings was also, she also made an appearance on this episode too, which I always love. That, that was that was extra. <laughs> I think why I love this episode too. But they all did a great job talking about this and talking about what she was really going through. So this brought more a lot more dimension to it because I, I just didn't, th- like I knew she was hurt, but I didn't realize how hurt she really was. I didn't really emphasize or get invested in how hurt Wanda was and how human she was in the process of her hurt. And this episode made me feel that. This episode made me understand that. So when I now I feel like when I watch, you know, anything that's involved with her and just really analyze her entire journey going through this part, because it's something that we all can get or has gone through. You know, yes, she has powers. Yes, she has crazy hex powers. But overall, she's human who goes through human, you know, situations. And what she went through is no different than what any of us go through. So if we had her power, who's to say we wouldn't have done the same? <laughs> and I really appreciate oh, Paul Bittany was in this episode, too. And he did. You know, he did speak about that as, as well, uh, too. And it was just I, I really I think this was my most enjoyed episode here. Then the final episode was talking about Gamora, which uh, was really cool. And they basically not only just talk about Gamora, but they talk about the, you know, her, her influence in the, uh, in the series and what she is meant to the guardians and how she came from being a villain, you know, to a hero as well as, um, Nebula, but they also talk about the sisterhood of the two and those two trying to find a common ground as sisters and them always thinking that one hated the other, but in fact, you know, Nebula wanted to be you know, wanted to love her as a sister, but couldn't because, you know, she always felt like she was trying to one up her all the time. And Nebula didn't want to do that. And Nebula had to go through all this types of hell with Thanos, you know, in the process. But they finally talk about their sisterhood and how they come found a common ground. And it was definitely something that I could feel that's relatable to a lot of people. But then they also talk about their backgrounds too and what they went through. Um Zoe's Adana and you know her upbringing, uh, Karen Gillen and her upbringing. They also show behind the scenes of Karen doing, uh, training and how Zoe Zeldana behind the scenes where it was really helping her out. So they, you know, they were rivaling sisters on the movie, but they were acting, they were, you know, real sisterhood out in the background. Cause Zoe made sure that she understood everything that she, you know, she needed to do and, you know, had her back the whole entire time. Palm, uh, Clement, uh, Clementif, who plays Mantis, they also focused on her and how she connects with the two there. And especially now with the, uh, with the recent discovery of her being Quill's sister, you know, and whatnot that we found out in the Christmas special. And, uh, it was, I thought it was really well done. Of course, this was just an awesome, awesome series. So overall, this is a must see. This is a must see. Now, I mean, not even just in, you know, in honor of, you know, women's history month and a celebration of uh women and, and powerful women but just as marvel fans in general it's anything that the marvel studios makes on disney plus is always going to be a plus so uh highly recommend this series yeah if i grade it it's going to get it like an a for me in this term uh just another really great and they did a great i thought they did a tremendous job not 
talking about things that we already talked about before because i thought we talked about everything we talked about before with every one of these elements that they did but they managed to do it in a way that we're hearing some new stuff out of in new elements and new stories and new things out of both the mcu and the backgrounds of the, act, the actors and production crew behind it and what this series was meant to do it did successfully in my opinion is just show the power of not only these characters but the women behind the uh studios that makes this that makes the marvel cinematic universe what it is we've come a long way and it looks like progress is really it's doing really well we're seeing a lot more female uh collaboration in these films and um they're doing a great job and we're seeing representation slowly but surely disney has done a really great job showing representation they're not perfect nobody is but for the most part they've done a hell of a job making sure that people are represented that which it's not only just a disney thing it's a marvel thing marvel has always been in the forefront stan lee jack kirby has always been in the forefront of making sure people were represented even in times when we weren't you cannot you, you really just cannot um say enough about what they what those two have done to this point like i love dc but dc was just about making you know stories about superheroes and out of this world experiences marvel was trying to do that but also trying to send a message out to people and they still do it to this day and this is why i'm always i'm i'm always marvel for from like from the jump so go anyway check it out it's available on disney plus right now and folks that will do it for this edition of acmg presents talk time live i hope you guys really enjoyed this oh but you're going to enjoy next week because we got a lot going on i believe shazam is coming out the next shazam film is coming out i will be reviewing that but before we do that this week this is the week wwe 2k 23 arrives and i will have a special episode of select start covering all things only things wwe 2k 23 uh with my good man on tsn's sunday night's main event that is boris aguilar of sunday night's main event i also joined him to do the uh rampage ramble po podcast every once in a while the extended podcast so we are going to talk about some of the aspects of the wwe 2k game because the game is so big we it will be a like a three-hour episode if we really cover everything we're only going to cover a few aspects and then we're going to do it again and cover another aspect of it to give a final grade for it as well because this game has so many different elements to it we can't give it and giving the fact that there were so many different reviews last year that gave it a high score and i don't think it deserved exactly the high score that they have because of the crashes and glitches and bugs i want to make sure that this comes off right i want to make sure that you're going to be able to play this game the way that you want to and, and if it does that's awesome if it doesn't then you know it doesn't is going to get a proper grade because i think people jumped the gun last year with that game not to say that it was totally bad but it was not nearly as good as what they made it they only did it because of the low bar that the other games prior to had but they need 2k games need to step it up especially considering ux is no longer with them and the fact that aew fight forever and all these other wrestling games are coming out so we will we'll see about that we'll see how that goes from there but um 
stay tuned for that that's coming this week and i just realized that i got the early version so i got a three-day early version so i'll probably be starting to play it on tuesday we'll be talking about the war games aspect and other aspects on um I believe friday or saturday so stay tuned for that and it will be on video so stay tuned for that so we'll have that to talk about we'll have shazam reviewed next week and any other news that will be coming out in the world of our favorite fandoms but if you like this episode in every episode of talk time live that is including our audio edition our video exclusives you can check all that out on talktimelive.com all of that is there all of our other content is there you can check out panels that i did repop with your favorite anime actors you can check out blog entries that i put together and much more if you are a fan of podcasts uh that you listen to on the road or in the office or whatnot we are available acmg presents talk time live is available wherever podcasts are played that is including spotify iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, Audible, Pocket Cast, Pandora, and Tumblr. If you go on to Tumblr, you can type in Talk Time Live. You will find those posts there. You can click on the hyperlink above the graphic to listen to it on desktop. You can, if you listen to it from the app, there's an audio player embedded in there. You could just hit the play button and you can listen to it and enjoy each episode from there. Thank you again. Keep supporting us. Keep following me on this platform on podcast you can follow me on instagram at dexavier underscore josiah um you can check out our acmg facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash acmg1 you will only be admitted if you are 18 or over with a an established account of five years or more we do not want any trolls we don't want people distributing or any we this is a safe environment for people who enjoys all things anime comics movies games so folks will do it for me on behalf of myself this is dax xavier josiah saying learn to let go live life love all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live i am out here take care and have a great week people Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.